The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. camera is farther away today, but I am your host, Nate, uh, here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Uh, we have a special guest today, uh, Ms. Wanda Roberts. She'll be joining us shortly, hopefully. Uh, she does a tennis shoe uh, or shoe giveaway um, in, honor, in, honor, in honor of her son, Christian Roberts. Uh, who was killed. Uh, and so we'll be talking to her a little bit about their fundraiser. I met her last year when she did it. Uh, and um, she's coming back. She's from the, the D.C. area. And she'll be coming back uh, this Sunday. And we'll be joining her. Uh, I, I might go live. I don't typically like going live in giveaways because, you know, if you're you're in a space that way that you need those things. Last thing you want is a camera in your face. I, I like to respect people's privacy and respect their space, but we may interview a few people uh, if they are so uh, comfortable, if they're comfortable with doing so. But I'm really excited about um, this. The summer, uh, 15 more days, maybe 16 more days until school is out. I can't wait. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a, ooh, I survived uh, a field trip yesterday. Um, it was pretty good. They were pretty well behaved. Um, and I, I found out a few of my parents and a few staff members uh, sometimes catch my show. And um, yeah, they, some of them agree with me. Some of them were frustrated, but I get to talk about what I want to talk about. I don't name names. They don't know if I'm talking about my school or your school or their school. They don't know. Uh, but it, it's never in um, a petty space or me just talking about uh, schools, but we really need people to understand what's going on in those buildings. And it's not like torture or anything, but a lot of the teachers are stressed. Uh, we've lost a number of teachers. Um, a lot of our buildings are being closed down. And, you know, the shell of the building, they look really good. I mean, they're older schools, but, you know, just to keep closing schools down. And I understand that at one time, you know, everybody was going to these schools and they were huge schools. Uh, but I know in the area where I'm at, there are a number of elementary, middle schools um, in, in that vicinity. So, of course, you have the competition now where you don't necessarily have to go to elementary school in your actual neighborhood. I think that would be brilliant. It would be smarter if there are emergencies. You're not that far from home. 
you know, not to say your parents are all at home, but, you know, it's not that far that children have to travel. It's heartbreaking. Um, when I used to catch the, the bus down to my other job, uh, just to see children on a bus in the wee hours of the morning, um, that's, children are already tired. They don't do well early in the morning. Most children don't. So to have them up extra early to catch a bus to get across town because the school in their neighborhood is closed down, it's just, I don't, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just, it's something that I wouldn't wish on anybody. I never, I mean, once I got to high school, yes, I had to um, uh, catch a bus to school or my stepdad would sometimes take me to class. Um, and then I was able to drive towards the second half of it. But um, I, I don't know, like it just really, it, I, I don't know the rhyme or reason, the, the powers that be at North Avenue and even on a federal level, how that trickles down to the decisions that they make for our young people. Um, but a lot of our schools, they are being equipped with a lot of emotional support um, for our young people, but I don't feel like it's enough. I feel like people are making excuses for our young people. And one of the things that I've heard a lot of teachers talk about, and actually me and a couple other uh, staff and a couple parents that went on the trip, we talked about yesterday, a lot of these students so if I teach fourth grade, that means they were finishing the first grade when we went into the pandemic. So they were pushed into this, and now some of them are in the fourth or fifth grade, uh, third grade, and they don't have the skills. Now, anybody un in third grade or under, they were in pre-K, kindergarten, you know, when this all started. So that's their social skills are no, uh, don't go any further than their family structure sometimes. So them being put into an environment with other kids, there's a lot of bullying. There's a lot of, uh, some of the children uh, are depressed. You can, you can see it in them. Behavioral problems are out of control and we just don't have a good, um, a good space. Uh, for those things to happen. And it's really unfortunate that, you know, it's happening this way and a pandemic wasn't, in my, you know, I'm not gonna get into my conspiracy theory over the pandemic, but beyond that, I really feel like we are setting our children up for failure. They don't understand a lot of social skills. And I see that as the main problem. A lot of our children can do so much better in school if that, portion of it. And it has to be something that is consistent throughout the school day. So whatever teachers or faculty, um, and I'm blessed to be at a school where I, I have some faculty members that really support me. I'm the newest one there and I really feel supported. But beyond that, going home and not blaming everything on the parents. I know parents, you know, uh, don't like the blame, but they put the blame back on us. So when things happen, um, we have to be, we have to communicate. And because a child is upset, because often children get upset of things and it's a misunderstanding because they interpret discipline with you bullying them or you disrespecting them. And discipline is a part of, unfortunately, is a part of the school day. It's called classroom management. Uh, and it's a part of the discipline process and it's called boundaries. 
you know, and I'm, but I'm meeting a lot of adults in general life that don't have good boundaries, that don't have, um, they just don't have the, the boundaries that are necessary to, um, uh, function in everyday life. And that stems from being a child and not having those boundaries set. But we're seeing more young people than ever have these emotional breakthroughs or breakouts or just being depressed and, and frustrated and stressed. Um, and, you know, part of part of my mission as an artist and just as a, a man for others uh, is that um, children have, don't have to go through these things. But unfortunately, life happens to us all. And sometimes and most times children are a part of that life happening. Um, so we don't know. I, you know, I just had to talk to my class for the last couple of days about not pushing anybody away, you know, for hygiene issues or if, you know, it happens. A child may come to school. It may not be as clean or um, a, a child may be developing a certain way and, you know, may have underarm issues, you know, or body, but or just behavioral problems in general. Uh, and, and we have to teach the, us parents, the parents out there have to teach your children how to relate to other people or what social boundaries are. You know, if a child, children are so honest, if, if somebody smells or uh, isn't what is considered normal, they'll move their desk away from them. And that's a social norm that in, you know, society, we have a, adult as adults, we have a better way of handling that sometimes. Uh, but children are very vocal and honest and upfront about that. And that does not work in the world because that's how these incidents happen in between people with violence because people don't know social cues. They don't, they don't know how to pick up on that. They don't know how to recognize whether you're making somebody uncomfortable or not. And they, they, they don't understand often people's behavior is a reflection of how people have treated them. So they grow very hard and very, you know, rough around the edges because of how people have treated them. We see that in adults, but we don't really, we don't think to recognize that or be aware of that in children. Uh, people who work in the school system, it's very important that we don't just set children off because a lot of them are as unstable as the adults in our lives. We know, you know, we have that family member that may be a loose cannon and we've learned how to uh, socialize with that person and pick up on those social cues where that person may be off in that moment. Children don't have that uh, thing. And if they have it, some of them play on it. They know when they they understand how to push a button, but they don't understand how that affects a person. And some of them just don't care. The ones that can't pick up on it. We have a lot of emotional needs. A lot of young people who take things to heart. So the way that we used to be able to discipline how I learned, the teachers that I learned under, the teachers that I had, we're not able to talk to children in that way anymore. Where is that tough? old school type of love because children don't know the difference between love and hate anymore they see it as you know interchangeable like they don't they don't know when you're loving on them versus when you're bullying or neglecting them or uh, disrespect they don't know the difference 
because the lines are so blurred right now that it's really difficult for us to understand um, how to go about it. Money, I can't pull up messages, but I, I think I can't see when someone has sent a message. So you have to, if you can't, cue me. All the time, children say that that's not fair. Why is that? Um, again, they don't, they don't have a, as adults, we sometimes, because there are people who still don't have this, we have a gauge of how, how you're treating me. We know how to listen for tone and inflection and, and we can, we can sense mood a little bit better. I'm not saying adults are perfect at this, but as adults, we, we should have learned by the time we're adults how to gauge that. Children don't know that. So if you raise your voice to a child, you're yelling. What's not fair to them is they expect to get respect in return, but they don't understand how that dual role happens. Like, if you want respect, you have to give it. We have children that will, uh, an incident happened with an uh, adult in the school system, a teacher, whoever, um, and a child will go home and tell their parent it's not fair. Sure, John, you can call in. Uh, what's, Moni, can you get a number? I'm sorry, I can't see the screen at all. All I can see is my screen and the screen up there. Okay, yeah, the number I think is in the top bar, the very top of the screen, the numbers at the top. Um, but children don't know how to gauge that. We see adults that don't know how to, oh, the bottom, I'm sorry. It's at the bottom of the screen. Um, but we, adults have to do better at resolving conflict, especially in front of children or in earshot of a child. You know, some children don't react to you, like listen, unless you're yelling at them. Some children yelling, and I was one of those children. My mother had a yell, or when she was mad, that sound of her voice would just, it would shrink me. Um, and I'm not saying my mother was abusive, but I'm saying, that tone for some children, and it's not about them being sensitive, but when someone's yelling at you, how do you, you know, how do you, um, how do you deal with that? Nobody likes to be yelled at, and I, it's something, and for me, I have to make sure that I'm cognizant of, uh, one, because I'm a theater actor, so I've learned how to throw my voice and, and be heard, and I have to make sure that I'm I'm mindful of that when I'm in a classroom because some children see you yelling at them and they totally get turned off and they'll change their behavior and their attitude towards you. But in today's world, we have a lot of emotion. Yes, hello? We have a phone alert. Hello? Hello? Is this John? Hey, sir, how are you? How are you? All right, here you are. The, um, where, where are you from, Mr. John? How are you? I think um, you have I'm to turn it down. Um, watching us, you have to turn it down. I appreciate you I taking my feedback. call. Say that again. There's a, I think a, 
three and a half second delay. Oh, okay. So you have to turn, if you're watching us, you have to turn that down because we can hear the feedback. So where do you call it from, Mr. John? Let me try something else. So where do you call it from, Mr. John? Uh, Baltimore City, of course. Let me try something else. Okay. Or do you work within the school system or do you have children? Uh, Baltimore City, of course. All right, here. Hang on. Okay. Are you there? Are you still there, Mr. John? It's taking forever for you, for me to hear what you're saying right now live. Um, um, sorry. Taking forever for you for me to hear what you're saying right now live. Um, you know what? I think maybe um, I can I can hear you on I can hear you on the system. Hear what you're saying right now live. Um, okay. You know what? I think maybe um, I can if I just turn up the volume on my computer, I can hear you now. Okay. Can you hear me now? If I just turn up the volume on my computer, I can hear you now. There's a little bit of feedback, but I'll deal with it. So are you in the school system? Um, I've, I've been working with a couple of teachers um, in terms of curriculum design. Mm -hmm. um, just because they needed some help, and I'm uh, a giant nerd. A couple of teachers um, in terms of curriculum design. Um, just because they needed some help, and I'm a giant nerd. Is he off, morning? Hello? Morning. I, I think I got kicked off, but I'll try it again. Can you hear me now? Um, I'm back again, I think. Okay. So you said you've been uh, working with yourself, teachers? Yeah. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Uh, I'm back again. I okay. Think. Okay. So you said you've been um, working with teachers? Working with teachers? Yes, sir. Um, I can hear you now. Uh, I'm back again, I okay. Think. Okay. So you said you've been um, working with teachers? Well, and they need some curriculum design um, just because. They've been working remotely, and they've been doing all this stuff. So, Mr. Mr. John, Mr. John, you have stuff. Are you watching us at the same time? They've been working remotely, and they've been doing all this stuff. Whatever device you have on, if you have a phone, you have to turn that down or mute that. Sorry, what? Yeah, let me let me see if I can. How is that now? Uh, I think you may have had, you yeah, may I mean, have, you I mean, may be watching us and talking to the same device. Yes, much better. Can you hear me? Uh, I think you may have had, you may have, 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 you may so what, what do you, what do you, how there's do a lot you, of, there's a lot of bounce around that. I don't know what they're, I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what, 
Well, we were trying to get Mr. John on, but if you want to call in, the phone number is right at the bottom of the screen. Please call in. We would love to hear from you. Uh, oops. Numbers right at the bottom of the screen. Yep, see. Uh, the bottom's at the bottom of the screen. So definitely call in, talk to us. Um, we're, right now, we're just talking about just some issues within the school system and how people think we can fix that. Is it legislation? Is it more parent involvement? Um, right now, I'm seeing, uh, it, surprisingly, on the elementary school level, a number of schools have created a system of not having as many parents in the, in the school at one time um, and, and definitely not being able to walk throughout the school, like go to the classroom as they used to. Um, and now everything has to be scheduled and planned. And I get that. I understand it because it does create a bit of an unsafe environment. If you have a parent that's mad, you know, I've had a couple parents that were mad at me in the last couple, the last week or so. And it, it was a very uncomfortable space. I'm not afraid, but you are left with no, you don't want a parent to run up in a classroom. And I've seen that happen. Um, I've seen a parent get mad at another teacher and run up in a classroom. I've had parents come up in my classroom um, and be very confrontational. Um, and it's in front of children. And typically, and in many cases, um, and we, we see the bad situation where a teacher has done something, and, but in, in a lot of those situations, a child has told a lie uh, or went home and had a misunderstanding with a teacher and, and told something totally different. I've had that happen to me a couple of times this week, actually. Uh, and, and parents have to be different. My mother worked at my elementary school and was a teacher at my elementary school, but I could not just go to my mother and say, a teacher did this. She wants to talk to both of us in the same space and assess what happened. Um, even if it was the other way around, if a teacher said I did something, my mother was always the one, I, let me talk to both of you and then I can figure out what happened. But I'm not just gonna believe any one person. You know, my mother was very protective of me, but it was still, I wanna hear the whole story because sometimes children live up, leave out parts of a story you know, just to suit their narrative. And, and they're really savvy at that. They know, you know, I've had children to tell me their, their job right now is to get me fired. So if, a, if a, a young child says something like that, they understand. You can tell John to try again now. The issue has been fixed. Okay, John, if you're still listening, please call back in. I'm sorry, we was having some issues, but I think that issue may have uh, fixed itself. Um, so I, I just need us to just get involved. The same way we have to get involved in our communities, the same way we have to get involved in our political systems, we have to get involved in our school systems. Whether you have children or not, those children are gonna be the same ones that's giving you your needles or giving you medication soon or, you know, so we have to, we don't want a generation missing, you know, He's on. Hey, John, are you are you there again? Are you there, John? He may not be on yet. 
Uh, but yeah, so if you if you have any solutions, I, I would suggest that you uh, reach out or email the school board. They're very responsive when they, especially when it's in numbers. Well, I will truthfully, you know, I think the problem with uh, the school system, and I think probably you, you might agree with me, is that the school system does not treat children like they're going to be adults. Yes, I agree. Bad. Um, Would you have a solution for that? How how do you suggest that we react to children and prepare children? We need to talk to, I mean, like, and, and like. Well, and, and I, and I want to, I don't want to, I want to say something that's kind of fucked up to say, but, you know, we demand uh, so much of uh, black children. Mm. Because we, we demand we have so many expectations for much, much faster. Mm-hmm. Do you have a solution for that? Say again? Do you have a solution for that? Uh, well, and racism is <laughs> the, the broad solution. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, uh, I'm not going to say a lot, a bulk of it, I think, is coming from racism and just that systematic uh, institutionalized racism. But a lot of it is cultural as well. And I'm not bashing my race, but I'm saying a lot of these things are cultural. Uh, and because things were never fixed for my generation or generations behind me, we're starting to see the the remnants of that uh, come out in our children today. You know, I've never seen so many children with so many emotional issues or so many learning uh, curves or disabilities as I've seen before. That whole idea of an IEP, prior to me getting into the school system, I didn't know what that was. I, you know, me, you know, there were definitely learning disabilities when I was younger and, and you, you were assessed for them. There was somebody there would ever give you a test, whether it be your hearing or your eyesight or your speech. There was someone there uh, to be able to do that. And it, we still have that, but I think across the board now, and, and I think a big problem was there no dedicated special education or there are very few of that now. So I've, I've never known a school system not to have a special education space, but a lot of these schools don't. They all are integrated together. Well, and I think we're, we're at a point where we're kind of recognizing that not everyone is the same. Um, not, just, not just racially, but also uh, psychologically and um, neurologically. Mm-hmm. I think is honestly amazing. Because um, are you familiar with uh, Gardner Seven Intelligences? Can you can you tell us a little bit about it? So Gardner Seven Intelligences basically says that there's different intelligences, aka um, there's physical intelligence. And so, who is the most physically intelligent person you can think of? Mm. Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. because he knows how to make his body work. He is super physically intelligent. Linguistic, there's musical, there's mathematical, um, and these seven intelligences, and we don't, 
we don't assess um, black children that way. We only do it with white kids. Mm, I think it's done. I think it's just done from a distance. Uh, and what you're getting at is learning styles as well. So right, exactly. Because, because we aren't as proficient, especially as educators as well. Um, we there's an introduction to it. There's understanding of it, but the way that the system creates a classroom nowadays, even the best uh, uh, teacher who understands different learning styles, it makes it very difficult to even apply your, your lessons, or as you said, the curriculum that you help create. It's hard to even bring that across if you have people who are typically special needs, if you have people who have behavioral disabilities, if you have people who have IEPs, if you, all those different things are going on in one classroom. And it, it never was to that extreme before because we had special education. And it's, I'm, I'm not saying that it's been eradicated from the system, Baltimore city school system or systems, <coughs> but you have a lot more of those young people in general, education classes or general the general population of a classroom and I, it's it's I, very I it's very there. little being done for that about, in, in my opinion no i i take your point i think that you know i mean um i'm a i'm a veteran you know a former army sergeant um staff sergeant in fact and i think sometimes you have to figure out where people need to be and sometimes maybe it doesn't involve what you think and you mm -hmm. have to listen. And it, it's difficult to listen to children because they're children and they have things, you know. Um, but when, but if you, if, you, if you take the time to listen, like this is what I need to know. And like, once again, as he said, uh, earlier, uh, we're talking about uh, different different learning styles. Mm -hmm. Listen to them, then you can teach them. And that's kind of, um, I think one of the things that, um, you know, the, the entire point of this uh, podcast, I think, if, if you'll, and correct me if I'm wrong, is creating an educational space. And sometimes you should listen to the people you're educating. Mm -hmm. I think what I, I, I take that what you said, but I think a lot of the processes that we have has come because people have started to listen to children more because a lot of the systems are, are centered around protecting children and keeping them safe. And, and we've, oh, we've moved away from informing them so we've given them a I, lot. I do of apologize for interrupting you, but go ahead, go ahead. Safety does go not ahead. mean education. Say that again. Safety does not mean education. Um, we, we oh, yes, that, but that's my that's my point. It, it we've gone to, we've gone more. So the teacher is now at the top of the list. Is classroom management now? It's not. Okay. Getting, yeah, it's not point. testing anymore. It's not curriculum anymore. It's outright classroom management. 
That's the one of the biggest jobs that we have. And now, and now, and now, y'all have to deal with that as teachers, where you have to like deal with like politics, which is, in my opinion, disgusting. Yeah, y'all should be able to teach. Mm-hmm. Teaching is the job. Yeah, and and I'm not I'm not suggesting that we get rid of all of the problem students, the quote unquote problem children, but there should be a better system of how we deal with it. Because now, as a teacher. I can't put a child, I can't send a child to the office anymore because all they're going to do is have a nice talk with them and send them back. So that's not creating any accountability that amongst children. Mm -mm. Right? I mean, and once again, you know, as, 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 a, as a former soldier, you know, I'm like, no, you got you to gotta get with the program. There was mm -hmm. a level. Yeah. That said, we don't, we should not demand children be at that level like I'm like they're in the military because like the fact that I'm retired staff sergeant, we don't want to do that. Not to children. That's disgusting. You but know? there has to be some and a, a good middle ground to that is there has to be some structure because you can't just have a class that's chaotic because as they get older and matriculate through school, it's going to be tougher for them to learn if their behavior does not match uh, a space where they can receive information. If I'm if I'm disciplining oh, players all day long, what am I physically giving them in terms of education? I am managing behavior. That's a daycare center at that point, and that's a lot of our school like, systems. And they don't and they don't learn anything. They don't learn what? They don't learn anything. Yeah, I mean, I think there, there and, and I don't want to take away from a lot of the great teachers out there, and I don't want to even put it on a scale of a good teacher, bad teacher, but there are a lot of teachers who have figured out a space that works for them to get information to children. And we still are able to filter through education, but a lot of, a lot of the class time for certain teachers, and I'm one of them, it's about classroom management. Like in, in a situation that I'm in now, I've come into a classroom, I've come into a classroom at the end of a school year uh, where they lost a teacher at some point and they've had a string of substitutes. So now I'm coming in and I'm creating structure that they haven't been used to. You know, we can't keep changing. If a teacher isn't working, we can't just fire that teacher and get rid of that one and bring in another one because that change is, is messing up the balance for those children. And it's really, it's, a, it's not a good thing. You know, instead of finding support systems for that teacher to make them better, it's not happening. And we've seen that because we've lost so many teachers, uh, especially in the city environments. Uh, we've lost so oh, many like, teachers. I, I know, I saw how, mm -hmm. how much we lost in Baltimore yeah. City in terms of teachers. And it's just like, I mean, like, do you, is, there, is there a job application? Like, if you go to any of the school boards around this country, you'll find tons of openings. I can, I can hang. Mm -hmm. I can this do. is the easiest time that we're in right now to apply for to be a teacher. I'll, I'll teach Shakespeare and like and videography and photography. Like I don't care. Mm -hmm. So if y'all hiring, let me know. Well, I know, I know some programs that would be great for you. So if you leave your if you email us, 
Um, I can definitely send you out a lot of information on programs and the school system itself. But um, but we're let's let's get back on point. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate uh, you. Uh, so if you, I would definitely like to pick your brain more because it sounds like you have a, a big interest, and that's what's necessary to solve this problem. Interest. Um, but um, when we talk about solving this problem, I think one of the things that we see is uh, media literacy, which I can teach. Mm -hmm. um, and I can do that all, all the time. Like, okay. day, every day. Because this is bullshit. You're being lied to. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, let me show you. Create curriculum? I, I thought I heard you say you helped develop curriculum. I did, yeah. And it was just because, so a friend of mine was um, working with um, a curriculum and they were having a hard time developing stuff and like, well, wait a minute, are there buttons? Mm -hmm. Because they were... Um, Allegedly, uh, they were uh, a neurotypical personnel. Um, good kids, you know. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking about it, and like, and I think about like all the things that like, you know, ruined my life. Um, and um, I can do that. I can, I can do some design. And why don't we do that this way? Mm -hmm. And they did, you know, and it was just, I think, I think it worked out well. Yeah. I think a lot of the curriculum and I, I, I'm sure everybody is well-meaning, but a lot of people just want to sell their stuff. But I think a lot of these curriculums, they have to not only fit the learning styles that are being presented, but they also have to fit a teaching style. You know, pedagogy is, is very important, but it's also very personal from teacher to teacher. You know, this curriculum, I can teach it, but it's going to have to come from my perspective based off of what I see in front of me. And it's a, and when you talk about teaching styles, you have, well, you talk about learning styles, you have to also talk about teaching styles because you have to understand how to get through to the children. So that's coming from me, but you also have to get that back. And that's coming from the students. So, you know, I know a lot of these people are well-meaning, but I've always, I have felt for a long time that they are using our children as guinea pigs, especially a lot of our urban students. I feel like they're testing these things out on our children. Um, did you just, for you to just switch up how we learn math, just so we can fill a quota in the engineering field, I think is very detrimental, very detrimental. I want to talk about math for a second because mm -hmm. I think math, um, um, it's, um, it's part of the, um, the broad thing, some the part of it. Um, if you can um, explain it, um, understand. Um, uh, but the thing is, is that like, when we talk about uh, the new math, it's actually teaching math like a language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't love 
Do you? How do you feel? How do you? But how do you feel about, for example, this new way of doing math or teaching math? How do you? Do you think it's detrimental or do you support it? Well, I think I think no. I think I think it's great um, because understand, I still suck at math. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I'm not I'm not gonna bullshit you. Like it, it takes me like hours to figure out stuff. You know, but um, the way they're teaching math is that they're teaching it like a language. Mm. It, it means like if 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 this, then why? Um, I I can't I cannot I cannot say no. It's it's good. Um, like it's it's an incredible method of teaching it because it's teaching it like language, which is what math should be. Uh, I think, I think that works for certain people though, you know, to switch it around. I think it's more, um, I I really think it, it needs to be, oh yeah, I think it should have been tested a lot more before they just rolled it out. Lie down and say, like, okay, I'm bad at math. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I like it. But it didn't it didn't help people more. People who are more uh English inclined, it may work for them. But people who are not, who struggle in that area, it only made math harder for them. Because now it's not about just showing your work. It's a whole system that you have to, it's, you're relearning this right, system. But that's, not, but that's not an English system or any system. It's actually treating math like its own language. And then, and I, I don't disagree, but I'm saying, I think it should have been tested a little bit more because some children just learn differently. And I think it should have been adaptable to how children learn. And it's impossible to help every single person out. And some people will just have a tougher time. But I think it should have at least looked at in a space of how does this affect all? Because as adults, we don't have to learn that unless you're in the school system. But so it's affecting our children. And I, I don't like playing with our children and testing things out. And I feel this way of doing math was a way of testing things out on our children only to make them more interested in being engineers. And I, I think that's, that was a whole, or, or coders, if you will. So that's what it was done for. So if that's your area of expertise, you're probably excelling in this. But if it's not, I, you know, I got, I got in a little bit of trouble if you want to hear the story. Mm-hmm. So my buddy's kid probably was not human. He's a good kid, okay. And but he was um, dragging his um, uh, toddler sister, who was very small. And I took him aside and like, don't do this. You're what you're doing is mean, cruel. And he just. And then um and then I his 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 
His dad rings me and was like, what the fuck did you say to him? Because now he wants to be the best brother ever. I'm like, well, fuck you, man. Did the right thing. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm obviously I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no. Like, Do you have children? I, I've never had children, and it's just mm-hmm. like kids are just like I I do not I do not broke anything mm. uh, because kids are they're they're going to be human they're going to be tall people they're going to be people at some point right so I treat them that way and sometimes they and don't it's not sexual by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, some sometimes it happens, and they're, mm-hmm. they don't they don't act right. And I am an army sergeant, and I'm like, well, talk about your kid, uh, talk about your sister the right way. Mm. So it happens. I'm, I'm, you're losing me here. I'm trying to follow along. I mean, we were talking about kids and we were talking about like where, where they are and what works, right? Right, right, right. And the fact of the matter is that kids are very sharp. And, and I think like I, I came in, I came into this thing where I said, um, anytime you talk to a kid, they will tell you it's not fair. Yeah. And um, I remember that when I when I was a kid. And um, my dad said, "Well, guess what? Life's not fair." I'm like, "No, that doesn't. That's nice, but it doesn't make sense because." Um- you you created me, and my life is based on sense. And sense equals fairness, and fairness equals that's mm-hmm. fair. Well, when you when I hear that from a child, I'm looking at behavior. So you want something, and you want it when you want it, but you're in a classroom now. So no, you can't get up every five minutes to take a break and go to the bathroom. You have to do your work and, and, or, uh, no, you can't, you know, you have to raise your hand in order to say something. You can't blurt it out, but that's not fair. Well, the fairness in it is we're trying to create a safe space in this room where everyone gets a chance to talk. And if we allow children to just say what they feel when they want to feel it or do what they want to do when they want to do it, they, they skip over structure. And that has happened to a lot of our young people, one, because of this COVID, but two, because people have avoided setting boundaries for children. And setting boundaries isn't being so super strict, but something as simple as classroom etiquette. So when you want to speak, just raise your hand. When you have to go to the restroom, raise your hand. Don't just get up and go, or don't get up and put your things in the tray. And some people look, 
look at that as being see rigid with children, but you're helping them to set up. You said before, you know, we treat them as if they're not going to be adults soon. But children are very sharp. Exactly. They're very smart, but they're missing a few key elements that would tie all that together. And that's experience. They are they're they're missing the wisdom which happens after you've learned a lesson. And they're missing that experience of, say, when something's happened, this happens. So a lot of them are repeating cycles, but they don't really have the experience behind the sharpness that they have. So it really falls on, because some children will try to play you and, and be very smart, but they are, it doesn't make sense when it's coming out of their mouth because they are missing those elements that make you adults. And some adults are missing that, but definitely the children. Um, but I, I think, and, and you and I, neither of us have children, but because I'm around children a lot, I start picking up on patterns like that. And children are just, they have to be guided. We can't just, you know, I had a parent talk to me this week and her child has some IEPs, uh, meaning some, you know, some learning disabilities. She has some emotional disabilities and she does, her child feels embarrassed when she's called up to the room, to the front of the room. And her parents, her, her parents' um, suggestion was don't call on her. And I said, well, I can't do that. Like, I can't not call on her. I'll work her, work yeah, her yeah, through yeah, a solution. Yeah. Or if she's reading something, I can walk her through it. But I can't not call on her because that will only make the problem worse because you're not teaching her at home how she would be taught in a school. You probably are going over things with her, but you're not sitting down with a lesson plan and teaching yeah. her these things, but I can't not call on her. So those are some of the solutions that I hear from parents or people in the, in the school system who probably don't have children. Hi, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, it was great talking to you. I definitely please leave a message because I'm gonna have to welcome you on. You could definitely be a guest because you definitely sound like you have a, a big um, intention in this area. And I would love to learn more as an educator. I would I love to learn more and maybe bring you back. I'll see you soon. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. <laughs> Don't call me, sir. I work for a living. <laughs> So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on BigExposedRadio.com. I said he's dead. Oh, six damn. years after he says, passed away. It states she reportedly had heard rumors, but nothing substantial. But then you put the, the rumors. While they were still married. You sentenced the rumors to death. While they still were married, she heard rumors. Right. 
Okay. Or, or probably all her life she's heard rumors. Like you're dating your, you know you're dating your dad, right? <laughs> I look just alike. <laughs> I'm like, girl, somebody told me you dating your father. You know, that's what kind of thing. <laughs> you know he gay, right, Percy? <laughs> Why are you laughing at him? Don't laugh at him. Please don't. <laughs> okay, let me continue with the story. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah, so uh, my name is Tevin Brown. I'm 30 years old. I'm born and bred in Baltimore, Maryland. 30? Wow. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> You're older than me, though, so. You know. Wow. Wow. You know, I was I was congratulating you. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm born in Baltimore. Um, I'm a music teacher, so I teach music um, for a grade six to twelve at Ace Academy Ooh. in Hampton. Yeah. I'm afraid for you, sir. <laughs> yeah, and I'm um, also a minister of music at uh, Mount Hebron Baptist Church. I've been there for five years, and um, you know, in addition to that, I just do gigs from time to time. I have a band that I play with. Um, and also do some solo work. Mm-hmm. So, really, whatever comes. It's uh, our first met. Welcome back. Oh, I never even muted it. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, thank you to our last caller, John. If you want to call in, give us a call at 443-642-9403. We would love to hear from you. Um, today wasn't intended to talk about uh, the school system, but our guest is, I guess, running late. Um, but as we go into the second hour of the show, um, I wanted to just I, I, the the we'll definitely pick up on. Uh, let's see, what Sorry, people. Talking to the guest. Um, but I'm really um I'm really passionate about this. And I'm and specifically, you know, I'm seeing our young black males, our boys be most affected in this area of education or just just living and growing. And I agree with John for to a degree, we have to really prepare them for adulthood. But us preparing them, if you are a school teacher, you often feel like you put all this work into, you know, balancing them and uh, trying to educate them and, you know, managing their behavior. And then they leave and come back and you, it's like you have to start all over again. And um, I have moments where I really am proud today. I, I had to spotlight two of my 
um, young people because um, there was an issue with one of the students really antagonizing one of our, another male student. And you could tell he was really getting angry and I was trying to keep him calm. But I went over to address the young man. And as I looked across the room, I saw two of the young ladies really like, what literally the one young lady was like rubbing his back and like, just keep calm as, as like a parent would do or an adult would do to him. And I, and I tapped into like how young people have all that they need inside of them. It's just somebody that has to bring that out of them. And, and uh, uh, I think for a little, little period of time, I think my mother was like, uh, nothing stuff, nothing to told him stuff. But even as an adult, I am realizing I have a lot more of my mother in me in terms of how I watched her uh, matriculate through life and get through life and, and things that she did, not just the superficial like washing clothes, but how she treated people, how she was open to people, how she taught people, how she embraced people or welcomed them in. Um, but if we just show our children, tell them to, but definitely show that in our actions. So when you know we're faced with conflict, how do we handle that? How do we deal with you know uh, a, a baby daddy or a coworker or a family member or a neighbor or you know the lady at, in the line at drive-through at McDonald's? How do we handle conflict? Our young people are watching us, and it amazes me. And it is um, without without saying anything else. It really, you know, I'm seeing a lot of great moments in children, but I'm also seeing a lot of negative um, interpretations. And I say it that way because our children are watching us, and the negative stuff that we do that gets interpreted when they're in those social spaces, like a school how they talk to each other. You know, I have one young man who I seemingly get through to, and then an hour later, I'm a bitch. Or, you know, Leela, hey, hey Leela, how's it going? Uh, today we're talking about, this is an educational system, and, and, and young people with these strong emotional, uh, I don't know what to call it anymore. It's not, I guess we can just sum it up with behavior, uh, but we're, I'm meeting a lot of young people. I have a phone call to make to a parent tonight and I wanted to update her on an incident that happened and, and, and really um, give some clarity to it so her daughter doesn't go home and emote in a way where she only sees the negative in, in herself. Um, but yeah, so Lilo, that's what we're talking about. Um, and I really, um, I, I just, as much as the politics of a school and how difficult the environment of a classroom can be, it's something that keeps me going back. After not being in a classroom for almost two years, um, and I did do a couple of summer programs where they were very small groups, like three or four at a time. Um, it's difficult. Um, and I, I hate always going back to do something nice for a teacher, you know, um, 
it, it, it was very interesting that, you know, I, I remember Teacher Appreciation Week and, and we did something nice for your teacher, or it used to be a Teacher Appreciation Day. Um, you would do something nice for your teacher. Um, and I remember those things. I remember getting a teacher a card and a, a gift card or, you know, some type of gift. Um, but we don't have that. And, and teachers are dealing with a lot. You have special needs in the class, behavioral issues, emotional issues, which are two different things. You have a lot of trauma. You have a lot of young people that are coming to school depressed um, and stressed and just tired. Um, and they act out because of that. I have an ESAW student. Um, uh, and ESAW is typically English, Spanish-speaking students. And they typically are currently learning English as they're in your class. So if you're a teacher who doesn't know Spanish, you have a child that sits in the classroom and looks at you all day. And then you begin to learn how to communicate with that young person. But sometimes they get bored. And sure enough, they'll act out. And I've had plenty of ESOP students. And that's what they call our Spanish-speaking, Spanish to English students. Um, um, and, and they are physically, there's an ESAW instructor in the school who takes them out of the class and kind of helps them with instruction um, and, and interpreting uh, information, but it's very limited. It's not like it's that child's one-on-one. -on -one. And I really suggest that they, you know, maybe have that person be an instructor for, a, for the day. You know, not to say put all the, the Spanish speaking students in one class, but I think it's the best way because it's very, you know, you're already dealing with trying to manage the classroom's behavior and give instruction at the same time. But if you have a, a, a young person who is, doesn't really understand you, you have some of the ESOL students who don't understand you at all. Um, you have some that are learning English as they're physically in a class and, um, they are learning and you see them kind of open up throughout the day. And then you have some who like all, all students, some students, they have behavior issues, they have emotional issues. And it's sometimes tied to them sitting in the classroom and not understanding what's being said or what they're hearing. And they can see like, they can see behavior issues. They can see that. And eventually you'll see them start to pick up that behavior. But beyond that, um, and, I, and it's interesting how this show is turning into educational corner, but um, I'm really, I'm really focused on what I can personally do. And no, not everybody can be a teacher or a sub or the English teacher or the math or music or principal. Uh, but what can you do? You can vote. You can vote. You can vote in the right people. That's not going to sell off your schools you know, and try to condense them as much as possible because it makes no sense to me that because this school doesn't have enough people, this school has too many people, you know, you know, go back to the zone school, you know, spaces. And that's that's really a trick that a lot of Republicans are doing to our communities by shrinking these schools and creating this legislation where they're redlining our school districts, you know, not just our residential or commercial, but they're our educational districts. You know, they're closing down this school and making decisions to close down that school. And then they fill this school up, but now this school is overloaded. 
you know, and and I remember going to a zone school and elementary school, middle school, I had to commute. Uh, high school, I had to commute. But elementary school, I probably lived one, two, like three blocks away from my school. You know, of, of, I think before that it was like five blocks. and But I was always within a five, 10 minute walk, less than that, from my school. And I, I think that made a big difference. If I ever got sick, I didn't have far to walk. You know, I started going to school in fourth grade on my own. So I, you know, it, it, it was easier to navigate my neighborhood, but that's that seems to be something that's slowly phasing out. And like I said, I remember um, I used to commute in a boat. I used to catch one bus straight to work uh, for a year or so. And I remember um, having seeing these young children, and sometimes they're on the they're on that bus with an older child who has to get off, drop that child off and may have to get on a bus, another bus to get to their school or drop that kid off. They walk into school, got to drop that kid off and then they go to school. And I, you know, that happens, you know, uh, I don't know what that is, but it happens. Uh, but again, because our children don't live in their neighborhood, their children don't go to school in their neighborhood, you know, parents can't just quickly walk them to school and then get to work, you know, or a neighborhood, you know, used to, Stay at a neighbor's, go go to a neighbor's house early in the morning when your mom would go to work or your dad would go to work and they would take you to school. But it was somebody that was dropping you off. But I know family structures have changed drastically. Um, and I understand that there's a lot of things that are interrupting what should be a, a simple process, um, like busing across town. But we have to put a little bit more attention because I, I think a lot of these young people are losing, um, losing that focus, and they're losing that drive, that energy to um, just make it. And I feel so bad because a lot of them just don't—they don't know what damage they're doing to themselves right now. They're just in the moment of it. I have one young person in my class who was very intelligent, and he just, mm, he just determined to take the attention. And that's all I can see it is like this attention, needing attention. And even when you one on one with them, it becomes a battle at all times. And there are a lot of things that's probably going on within him, not even like family life, because it's not always home. Sometimes it's just, as we grow, things happen, and and we our you know hormones start raging, and just difficult stuff happens, and it's it's an interesting space to be in. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting space to be in, and I'm really worried that we have. Um, lost interest and it's just one of those things uh it'll work itself out and and we forgot that young people need to be guided adults damn adults need to be guided so young people really need that structure and that and 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 being hard on a child is different than structure you know going to bed every night every night at the same time and turning the games off turning the phones off that that's structure because that's a big problem that we have within the school system now. Also, 
when I was in elementary school, there were no cell. I mean, there were cell phones, but the drug dealers had the cell phone, them big old dumb phones, and and um, that was like earlier on. But then it got the chirps and stuff. I didn't have a cell phone in my hand until I was in high school, and um, I just it, it's you know you're telling children to put the phone call away. You have parents calling children in the middle of the day just calling their phone, FaceTiming, you know, they're able to text back and forth with each other or, you know, watch, and I, young people watching inappropriate stuff on his phone. And it's, it's sad to see um, technology has really given us freedom, but it's also given us a big distraction. You know, it's hard, you know, I, I my phone was uh, taken for a short period of time on last Thursday. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, you know, all my credit cards with the Google Pay and all my money apps for my business, you know, all my software, a lot of stuff I don't even use my computer for anymore. I use my phone for everything. The phone is now a valuable source. Anybody who walks around with their phone just open, unlocked, you a different type of person. I don't understand you, but you're a different type of person than me because I couldn't do it. It's too much personal stuff connected to your phone. And I've I've learned to disconnect certain things so it's not such an easy space if you are in the phone. But yeah, um, they are definitely locked to these phones. I see, I see some of the young people with the phone, the watches on the phone. I I feel so much older than I actually am. And it's just so much time has passed where that's an accessible thing to people now. And it's really, um, it's different. It's a different thing. And I've really, um, um, I'm trying, I'm trying hard to understand, trying hard to, to get it to, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying hard. Um, so if you have any solutions, I really, I really would love to hear them. Um, you can message me at the artist exchange radio show at gmail.com. Um, I actually I've thought about starting a group for educators. Um, not so much for us to vent, but for us to just share information. I'm learning things in every school that I've gone to, I've learned different things from faculty, from staff, from principals, so on and so forth. This school, I'm really learning camaraderie in a different way, different way, because um, I've never really leaned on other teachers before. Um, but in this space, I'm in a different capacity than what I'm typically in, and it really is um, different. But I'm learning, um, and I'm open to learning. Um, I'm still in a space of, do I really want this? Do is this really, really, really what I want? Is this really what I want? Uh, but uh, I just seen so much potential in young people, and I could have definitely been one of those those children that um, the neighborhood I lived in, I would have had to go to Booker T Middle School, and um, you know, through whatever force that changed that pattern, um, and me, me then being going to a private school, I could have been one of them young people that a teacher looked at like he ain't, he ain't got it because my focus would have been on survival in some of those schools. 
versus me thriving and being, you know, immersed in it. Because sometimes it's a distraction, you know, and I had distractions in high school. Going to a predominantly white school in high school, I really, it was a battle. It was a lot of racism. It was a lot of just, it was all boys. So it was that element, you know, um, and it was just tough. I was very quiet in, in high school because I just, I had to be, you know, I, I had to be more on alert um, and be more vigilant because there was a lot of things going on. There was a lot of different groups of people. There was a lot of different types of backgrounds. There were a lot of, there's a lot of racists in a school, but um, I'm really here in support of our young people. I'm here to, uh, just to learn and figure out what my responsibility in this matter is. Um, yeah. So, uh, we got what time? Oh, we got seconds left. Any um, any uh, headlines you got today, Moni? That was so funny that you tried to bring me in here now. Um, <laughs> I was lost for a minute. I didn't know where that caller was going. I really, I was nervous, but it worked out. Mm. It worked out. But um, I don't know why that's on my conversation, but any hot topics you got? I, I just have to say, I don't know whether I dislike that promo or the Wendy Williams one that we used to play. I don't know which <laughs> Which one I don't like the most, but they both at the top of the list. I'm just gonna say that. It'll be cool if some of the other promos could come in, even though some of those shows aren't here anymore. But right. It's still it's still the exposed content, so technically you can still use it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so anyway, I don't have any um, um I'm looking. But I don't have anything for you right now. I, I just want to say, if you need a awkward, um, a awkward time filler, please log on to YouTube and watch the Johnny Depp trial. I don't know what is going on. I don't know what. Why I don't even remember what has happened. But allegedly, he was very abusive to uh, his girlfriend um, Amber Heard. And uh, she didn't do anything throughout the. She never called the police or anything. And once they were divorcing, um, she then went and got an op-ed at, I forgot the name of the, I think the New York Times or one of those publications like that, and did a whole spread on him being an, well, it wasn't a, it was about him, but it was more so about being a survivor of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. That was the direction she went in, right. and it, um, it has gone left in the trial. Because, yeah, and I think one of the, uh, uh, the major parts which made him file his defamation suit was because yeah. she mentioned, she didn't mention him by name, but she mentioned the situation that involved him right. in part of that um, outfit. Right. right. And it's just interesting. They have, they've slowed down clips, and it looks like she's sniffing something, or she's very erratic. But it's, it's, it's typically in situations like this, a lot of women are at, you know, uh, uproar because people don't believe her. 
But if she is not selling her own case, like stuff is changing and she's just, it's just weird. It feels like it's a co-head up on the um, stand. I'm sorry, but that's what it just feels like to me. Um, it's weird. I just watch it sometimes on my break or in the morning while I'm getting ready. And it just feels weird. It just feels like a weird, weird trial that's about nothing. It just feels like a, a it, it, it would make a great um, reality show. Mm. Um, hey, you come on in. Hey, um, we need to mail the mattress to you. Tell Tamika, I said, get back in her office and answer my message right now. Potatoes. I'm trying to lose weight. What's she talking about? All I hear is food. You said what, Marnie? What's she talking about? All I hear is food. Um, Club International, they um they are just got their catering license. Mm. So once a month they want to cater a black owned establishment for the staff. Mm. Okay. So you know I don't have no staff, so I deal with numbers. So I'm let me know. I'll come and join the staff for a day. That's <laughs> horrible. That's horrible. Right. So yeah, um, you got anything with something like an inventory? Mm -hmm. I can print it out for you. Thank you. But that's Style Lounge, 1734 Maryland Avenue. <laughs> I asked her to send me her ad in so I could get it, you know, because they got some fabulous clothes over there. I'm sending an ad. I'm sending an ad. <laughs> well, I'm about to send my ad too. So send an ad. Send your ad. Send your ad. Send your ad. <laughs> But uh, this is the end, like it's, I don't know, this has been different for me and I've, I've, so I've done more enrichment and that's probably why it's different for me. I've served a little bit in my years, but I am, I've been, I'm a fourth grade teacher this year and it's different. So you're teaching all of the subjects and that that's in and of itself is difficult because I'm learning a little bit more than so for me students typically pass or fail or satisfactory unsatisfactory depending on the, the grade level but this is different because now you're you're in that classwork with them all day long and I feel bad for the teachers mm -hmm. because that is a different process that's different mm, it's different it's so different, but 16 more days. <laughs> when is the end of school year? Yeah. That's 16. A, it's 16 more days. Uh-huh. June the 15th. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> I'm ready, ready. They want me to come back for the summertime. I'm like, let me pray on it. I'm gonna pray on that. I'm gonna pray on it. Get back. Say congratulations to my best friend who got her BSN. Um, she graduated Sunday. And nurse? Mm -hmm. Okay. She's already a registered okay. nurse, but now she got a BS. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's not doing nothing now. <laughs> she's not doing nothing. 
By the time they become an RN, that just was like they telling other people, they telling the CNA and GNA what they're doing. Well, you would think so, but you know, the nurses run um, intensive care. So mm -hmm. you would think yeah. they doesn't, you know, becoming a registered nurse doesn't mean that, but she works in intensive care and they run, they mm -hmm. actually are the manual workers that are in there every day doing stuff, not the well, doctors. Yeah, that's on that level, yeah. 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 But congratulations. To all the graduates this year, my friend Radius graduated, um, Coppin University, Coppin State University. Um, so many graduations. I got invited to so many, um, uh, like some old students and some family members and friends. Everybody's child got that graduation party. And I'm going to try to stop in. Hey, how you doing? Get a piece of cake and get a bone out of there. Uh, COVID is still real. Uh, children are still, um, and it's still, people don't think that it's real. At least once a week, we're getting a letter that goes out to all the parents, uh, letting them know that a child or a staff member has gotten COVID. So it's still real. So keep playing, playing with it if you, uh, you think. I, I, I have a couple of friends who have just gotten it for the first time. Um, yeah, they're not playing with it. Um, so it's still real. Um, my condolences go out to my friend Jay. Um, um, I'll be going to her brother's funeral tomorrow. Um, and people still losing lives. So congrats to, I couldn't read it. You got to put it back up again. Um, yeah, people are still, it'll be still in this. And it, is, it doesn't feel as bad. I feel a little bit more comfortable. I don't feel like I need to, Quarantine. Uh, I say congratulations to Tiana Taylor for winning Mass Singer. Oh, she won. Oh yeah, but oh, they had some good ones on there. They had. Um, I hate the in Vogue is not the real in Vogue, but in Vogue was on there. Um, I didn't catch. I caught theirs. I, I realized Tiana Taylor and she won. They can. Well, she don't really. She got a lot of music out there. For people to recognize her in that way, I don't know. Who else is in her, her underground following? Yes. Okay. She does have a lot of people that would recognize her music because she doesn't have. She didn't. She never went the the typical route with her music, which be mm -hmm. you know, um, joining a major label. She opened up I thought her she own was a label. dancer. I didn't know she was a performer until mm -hmm. until recently. She opened up her own label and did her music independently. Uh mm -hmm. But that's not who really watching that show though. So I understand. It who else was. was on there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch the show. Who else was who oh you wasn't watching? So yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna say shout out to the man singer when they don't even know who that people are. Especially not this season because you know they had Giuliani on there. Thanks. Oh yeah, so that was that's who was. Oh, let me see, Mad Singer. This was season seven. Wow. Um. Yeah, this apparently her husband season. won Dancing with the Stars this year. Oh, they showing off. Mm. It be going off so fast though. <laughs> you don't even be knowing. McIntyre, I think he's from. Is that Insync? I don't know what that is. I'm not gonna act like I know what it is. 
Oh, these people I don't know. Ram, Ram, Bam, thank you, ma'am. I don't know who that is. Oh, this would be excellent for my child. Uh, says bride divorces her husband three minutes into their marriage after he calls her stupid at the wedding. No, I mean, what's this? I, I'm trying to understand <laughs> the um the soap opera watchers. I don't know who all these people are. Hydra. It was a lot of teams on there this time. Oh, the uh, magician group was on there. I don't know their name, but Ben and Teller. It's Teller, Ben and Teller, they were on there. Some wrestler. Miss Teddy. Who is Miss Teddy? They don't tell you. Oh, Jennifer Holiday was on there. Oh, she was Jennifer Holiday. Yeah, I remember she was on there earlier. I think she got um, removed early. She lost oh. early. Oh, okay. She had a, a new song out. Oh, yeah. Giuliani was on mm. there. Why would he do this show? I don't know, T. Christy Alley. Ooh, she got big. <laughs> Space Bunny. Who was Space Bunny? Oh, um, Shaggy was on there. Mrs. Space Bunny. Who else? Oh, I hate the fact that it's not the real involved. I hate that. That girl don't even... I'm sorry. I don't like it. They messed them. They couldn't even get along. You ain't even got to like each other. Just get on there and sing. Like, get separate buses or something. The Prince. Who was the Prince? I don't know what that is. Something Jackson. I don't know who all it oh, oh, she looked different. Oh, she got thick, Tiana Taylor. I guess she was the winner. Oh, that's cute. I like the mass singer when it's like people, I don't like when people just trying to get on there for PR, but when it's like real people who you don't know, I love it. Especially yeah. when they see their reveal. And I love it. Um we all, we about to be over time, and I'm good with that. And um, don't forget auditions for You Thought I Was Him. Um, we have the announcers up. If you look on the Artist Exchange page, you'll see the announcements for this. This is a production that I'm the production manager for this. And we are working on this hard. So auditions, if you are an actor, males 16 to 70, please audition. We have seven roles available. One of them is a dancer, non-speaking, and the other six are for speaking roles. This is a paid, a paid production. It opens in on November the 11th, uh, 2022 at Arena Players. This is a paid production. Um, yeah, so come on out for those auditions if you are due. Come on out. Uh, what else? I'll also be directing a play next March. Um, so less than a year from now, <laughs> Tom is born. Uh, so I'll be directing a play and more information will be out about that probably mid-summer. We'll start doing promo and stuff like that for that. Uh, what else is coming up? Have you been watching that show, um, We Own the City? Who, what city? We Own the City. I did. A couple people have asked me why didn't I audition for that, but I don't know what it is. Is it a reality show or... No, it's a, um, a scripted show about Baltimore. 
yeah, a couple of people have asked me why I haven't auditioned for that. And um, I didn't know about it. I heard about it, but I didn't know. I thought it was like a movie. I didn't know it was a... Oh, I just seen it because Marcus did. You know him? Mm-hmm. He was on the uh, on episode four. He is it Baltimore people in it or... Him? It just... Okay. So I'm going to have to look that up. Um, send in my resume. He from Baltimore? He had a... No, but you know how, like, for The Wire, it was a couple Baltimore people in it, but they had, like, the guest spots. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple regulars, and then everybody else was from Hollywood. But... Because they were trying to keep it authentic. No accent. No accent. And that's how the white people talk. So they hear the the white people talk, and they think that's how we talk in Baltimore. (laughs) I hate... I really hate that. I'm not nobody's horn. Not at all. Mm-hmm. But, um, Hon. <laughs> yeah. Hon. The Be More Huns. Who is a Be More Hun? Oh, Naomi is a Be More Hun now. She's a Be More Hun. Didn't even know that was her. Rihanna had her baby. Mm, that was fast. I thought she was just pregnant. Mm-hmm. But I had seen this yesterday, but I didn't even recognize that as, ne- as being Rihanna because somebody was like, my nephew is here. Oh, she had a boy. Yeah. And I was like, um, uh, who is that? Because yeah. I think it was somebody that was related to me, too. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know that person. I don't know that person. Wait, that ain't your sister. <laughs> um, there's a lot of crazy stuff still going on. So everybody, um, get your shit together. There's still a lot of dumb criminals, crimes going on. Um, yeah, I'm just tired. I'm tired. It's Friday. Phaedra going to be on Real Housewives of Dubai. Who? Phaedra Parks. Phaedra, stop it. Stop she it, She went over to Dubai to be on that show. <laughs> but she was on a TV show, wasn't she? And she did pretty good. I forgot that Tyler Perry. Was it a Tyler Perry show? I saw one episode of it. She was pretty convincing. She was somebody's wife that was being cheated on and she wasn't having it. She was about her children and securing their money and not letting this harlot come into her life. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. I don't really watch none of them. Since Nene not on there no more, I don't watch it. <laughs> I don't. That was that was why I watched it for Nene. The rest of them are just faking to me. You know, um, Bobby Brown got a film, I think it was a documentary. I don't want to hear nothing about Whitney Houston either. I seen something about him being molested by his um a priest or something. Yeah, but he was um he started having sex with older women. I heard um uh what's his name? Funky Dynamo. Who? One of my people from um Bold and the Beautiful. No, addicted to that. No, she having another boy in real life. Like she's been having her kids back to back for years. I think she's just trying to get them all out of the way. She got two boys already, so now she's going to have three. 
I'm going through the news um, shuffle, but it's a lot of um, a lot of nonsense type of news. Pete Davidson leaving SNL. Oh, he listening to them Kardashians. She gonna be an at home husband. Yeah. At home husband. She gonna drop him because I ain't gonna. What he gonna be doing? Movies. He did have a. Um, he has been making movies, so maybe that's what they. I mean, that's what they do when name, they leave Saturday Night Live. Name one of the movies he's done. Um, I can't do it off the top of my head. Uh, exactly, because he did the movie about his father. Never heard of it, and I think it did very well, though. Actually, um, <coughs> King of Staten Island—that's what it was called. Mm, never heard of it. He was a Suicide Squad. Mm, didn't know that. It was about his father. Um, you know, he got he died in nine eleven. Mm, okay. Well, it sounds like he listened to the Kardashians, and they gonna leave him high and dry when it's time to um, when it's time to go. But in, but in in all honesty, he didn't really have a lot of skits on Saturday Night Live. He didn't. I think he was more doing stuff behind the scenes anyway. From. I mean, he had he was in, he was in it more. Uh, I think the last couple seasons than he's ever been, but since this kind because I think he's been behind been. the scenes more. more he was even writer. more doing more writing than anything. Yeah, he, but he started off as a writer on it and then mm-hmm. started doing the um doing more scenes. But all of them are, are basically well, writing. That's not about time, about just, I didn't even realize that he'd been on it for seven years. That's usually about the run. Yeah, but he wasn't a main character. He was he was more of a writer mm-hmm. and then he did a scenes here and there when they needed a just like Jimmy know. Fallon. I mean that's how Jim, Jimmy Fallon was. He he was a, a character first, then he went back to the writing and then he left. Right. That's because he got that tonight show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I hope they last. Mm-hmm. I hope they last. Oh yeah, they said she's in a trailer for the um upcoming season of Housewives of Revive. <laughs> Phaedra, I just want her to mm. I thought she was a model. And an undertaker and a lawyer. I don't see nothing. Else. All the rest of this news is boring. It is. Yeah, it's, this is all boring. You, this show right here, this ninety day fiance. I, I'm kind of addicted to it, but I don't. I can't watch it. I have to watch them like back to back. I can't just watch one episode at a time. Cause there ain't no way in the world. I'm gonna marry somebody that I barely know who a TV show. Destroy her career. That's crazy. Just from who? all of this. Amber Heard. Who was that? Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, I see. I don't... They removed all her scenes from um, Aquaman. Mm. But the funny part is that they made that movie. The movie has wrapped, been wrapped. It's like it comes out in a couple months. The well, fact so that they made the like movie. Is this like yeah, part, this is two? part two, Aquaman 2? 
But she was the, in one, right? Yes. She's um, been in one. She was in Justice League. She was in, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's fair. If you're going to take, take away his films, you're going to have to take away hers. But, well, well, true, true. But what I'm saying is the fact that they filmed the movie with the option of removing her that is suspect <laughs> to the I'm fact like, that they, they was like, okay, we got to do this, but we're going to keep you in the film. But we're going to have to do this a way that we can actually remove your scenes if your case don't go well. But the shade is, the shade is, what if they, what if she didn't even know that, that they were filming like that? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would be it's like I said, the, um, Jason Momoa has been going around the country telling people that this film is wrapped and we're done and everything is ready. It's going to be released on such and such date. But now they removed all our scenes. So they must have. So that. So they must have shot that like last year or something or year before. Yeah. Right? Yes. They just finished. I think they finished. They wrapped shooting in November. Oh, that gotta hurt. <laughs> but that's the thing. They filmed this so they can in a in a way that they can remove our scenes and still keep the movie. But and I mean, a, and she's the love interest. She's his love interest. So it's true. like really weird. But what if he said it's true? If he the one who got it the film, he could also be the one to get it taken away. That's true. That's what they. But she was his love interest. They needed. I don't think they even replaced her. They just removed her from the film itself. So how does that make it cohesive? If she's always supposed to be his love interest, that character in particular. <laughs> I mean, it, maybe that's, that's just. What I can't wait to come out because I want to see how they did it. So maybe, I mean, it wasn't such a major part then. If right, they could she had a real it. major part in the first one. Who was she in the first one? His love interest. She was his love interest. But she was the one going around the world trying to help him find things in the movie. Yeah, she going around the world by herself now? <laughs> Damn. What if they just, like, put somebody else in it, though? Or change her face. So we got the facial recognition thing. Oh, that's real. <laughs> because I just saw that Kendrick Lamar one, and he mm -hmm. looked like he was really morphing into those people. <laughs> oh, if oh, I want them to do that because that's gonna hurt her real bad. She could probably be on suicide watch. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, oh, that's crazy. Why would that? Well, I mean, it is. It's only fair because. She the one that's not looking good in this. That's right. Soon as soon as they said, soon as she said, who's gonna believe you? And then she tried to clean it up when they put her on the stand. Oh no, girl, you was done at that point. See, because that's something typically a man would say to a woman if he abusing her. Mm -mm. <laughs> no. They didn't replace that late. I got to see this movie now because I got to look and see if it, you know how sometimes they'll cut stuff and it don't, sometimes it'll just jump and it don't make sense. Not like editing, but just the story doesn't make sense. I got to watch it now. Yeah. I got to watch the first one and now I got to watch the second one. I have to go to New York one day when I feel as though that Ken or Reeves is walking around town because I love the way he lives. He oh, lives. I so you can go see um, Take Me Out. No. No, no. <laughs> Don't act like he was. No, I like Keanu Reeves because he lives an ordinary life, even though he's super rich. 
but he lives an ordinary life. He lives in an ordinary apartment. I'm looking at this picture. Somebody just took him, a picture of him sitting on the side. You know, they had like the, um, a little ledge on the side of a 7-Eleven. After he mm-hmm. went in and got the coffee, he came out and just sat outside on the ledge. But if you, but that's, I mean, LA, if you ever go to LA, you'll see them, but only like in certain areas. But if you mm-hmm. go to New York, you'll see, like, I've seen Angela Bassett walking around. <laughs> randomly like you'll mm. see a lot of them walking around because it's not a big deal to people in new york but you'll see them i've seen angela bassett i've seen like rosie perez um i've seen a number of so especially in like that manhattan area like that broadway area you'll see them randomly that's how i met i met denzel that way i met um angela bassett that way and they were just coming out of a theater They'll be coming out the same theater today. I think it's more, I'd love to see normal acting people like that versus people with paparazzi around them. Well, you're not. And they probably not even that good. Yeah, New York is definitely. This girl is dancing her ass off nine months pregnant. Uh, She did a split and everything. <laughs> oh. I mean Jacqueline Woods. It was something about a stripper that news that I had, but I had I should have saved it. And I don't remember what it was. Yeah, shout out again to all the graduates. Another friend sent me a message. Oh, and Tuesday's my birthday, people, so. I'm gonna put my cash app up like everybody else with their cash app up. Let's see what happens. Oh, look at him on prom day. He is a senior this year. Oh, my little cousin went to prom. That's so cute. Well, it's a, okay, here's what it says Breaking news. One of other pitches has reportedly planned an emergency meeting due to executives insisting that Amber Heard needs to be cut from Aquaman 2 completely. So right now, I guess they probably kept a couple scenes, but now they mm-hmm. want her gone completely. How? Without having to do some reshoots. And they already paid her. Right. That's disrespectful. I think, I mean, this will set precedent, though, because women Public be opinion matters, and you know that. The what? Public opinion matters. It does, but I don't. I don't really even think I, I've seen more people joking her. But this shit is crazy. It is really. <laughs> she is making a fool. They should not have put her on that stand. They should. That was a. Hmm. That was a dumb move. They should not have made her testify. But she just she just sold herself out. Oh, Daniel graduated too. All these people graduate. Oh, Miriam got her arm. Oh. Oh, she got her masters. Go ahead. I'm gonna do it one day. One of these days. 
Oh. Oh, that shirt kind of tight back Bob the man. Why does it show in like this every week? I'm going to get better, y'all. I promise. Two more weeks, y'all. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be so much better. My brain going to be well-rested because I'm going to be able to get up at 7 o'clock instead of getting out the house at 7. When I'm supposed to be getting out the house at 6.30. I'm trying to think of anything else on here. It says Bobby Brown's wife wants people to move on from his relationship with Whitney. Feel she lives in the shadows. Girl, you will forever be in that shadow. You might you might as well get some sunshades because you're in the shadow, baby. You are never going to be. Um... Mm-mm, baby, you're not getting that one. Uh, Miss Joyce Scott is honored from John Hopkins with an honorary doctorate of human letters. Congratulations. Oh, they look so pretty. She got married. Oh, wow. Everybody got their graduation pictures up. Oh, I'm so, um, it's not, today is Poopsville. So you can come on by tomorrow. I won't be here, but you can definitely come to the Black. Let me make sure I got, um, Be Green. Be More Green. Come out to Be More Green. Tomorrow, um, we will be hosting uh, the Black to the Future event there at the, oops, hold on, let me make sure I got all the right information. Um, and it's being sponsored by the Black Arts District and partnership with myself, the Artist Exchange, and the Baltimore Scene hosted. I'm the co-host. Our host is Ms. Shingia Wright. We'll be doing a workshop series tomorrow at the incredible uh, Be More Green space. And it's the address on here. It's right on North Avenue. So I know Marnie's dying to get there. Um, tomorrow uh, at the Be More Green space, at 2036 West North Avenue. Um, if you go to the Baltimore scene, I actually, I'll share this to my page as well, to the Artist Exchange page, so you can go there. Um, it's a workshop, networking, get free headshots. They got free massages. Um, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, we have a special guest, uh, uh, facilitated tomorrow. Um, we'll be doing a workshop on um, on uh, feedback. So if you have an organization that's growing, if you are an individual 
entrepreneur and you're looking for some education in what you're doing um, and just boosting it up and it's getting some wraparound services. We have a couple um, resource providers that are there to help financially um, with some financial grants or uh, sponsorship opportunities for your events, for your services, such and such. Uh, come on out. Again, that's 2036 West North Avenue. It's called Be More Green. It's, uh, I want to say, I can't, I can't think of that cross street, but it's on West North Avenue. It's a couple blocks down from Penn North. Um, come on down. I'm really, it's really a great event. Um, and you'll really enjoy yourself. So come on out. Um, you go to the www.thebaltimorec.eventbrite.com for more information on and to register. It's a free event. You don't have to pay to get in. Uh, it's networking. And we've had a lot of great people come through um, and get some really powerful networking going on. So come on out. Um, that's tomorrow night. Uh, we will be rescheduling our pop-up shop that we typically have on Saturdays in lieu of the funeral of my friend's brother. Um, we actually did a music video with him last year um, that has, hasn't come out yet. We'll be coming out really soon. Uh, but um, yeah, so this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Sunday, come on around to the uh, Why Not Lot on North and Charles Street. There will be a shoe giveaway. You can volunteer or you can get a, a nice new pair of shoes for you or your kids. Uh, so come on out to that. Please share that. I'll, if she sends me the flyers, then I'll get it. But um, she wasn't able to make it today. But hey, come on out Sunday. I think it's 12 to 4 uh, at the Why Not Lot. So I'll stop by. I'll go live uh, just to show everybody where it is and come on out. And I'll be there probably like 1. I'll stop by. Um, so I'm really excited about everything coming up. We got a lot of stuff coming up this summer. So subscribe to the Artist Exchange page, subscribe to Be Exposed Radio, as well as the Artist Exchange on YouTube um, for all upcoming events. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm about to phase out of Twitter because it's turning into porn. And I, I'm not with that life. I'm tired of seeing young men and their junk pop up on my time when I opened up my Twitter. So I'm over it. Um, either that or I'm going to have to erase people from my page who are all of a sudden porn stars uh, but <laughs> what a wonderful way to end the show so Gemini season is officially here today um, shout out to all the Geminis the crazy people out there in the world um, big up May 24th here send me a gift even if it's just stopping by the studio next week um <laughs> And we'll be, I will put the fold, uh, the flyer up on my page as well. We, we will be at the Empanada Ladies restaurant, real quick, oh, because it didn't sponsor. Um, uh, the Empanada Lady, it is at, what's the address around there? 120 West North Avenue. And it's the, um, it's on ground level, so you can walk right in. But it's at the new motor house next to Monty's favorite motel. Uh, on North Avenue, and she has the food is really good. And now she has the food. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go back.
let's go back and make a few corrections here. I never, I've never ever done a, a, a motel in my life. You know you been to that North Avenue motel. I rode past it, yes. Okay. And you circled around like, oh, this is it. Not circle, no. <laughs> you circled around. That's the wrong move right there. They threw out all those old mattresses, so you can go in there. Yeah, now. it's a motel. I'm going to pass. Well, no, it's actually a um, Hotel 6 now. We'll leave the light no. on for you. Uh-uh. It's always going to be Motel 6. It's not ho, it's mo. No, it was something else at the other time. They just turned it. It looks, I mean, they probably just painted the sign and stuff. Right. It's still it's the, the same residence. Still the same yeah. residence. Well, I don't think they do. I don't think they do um, long term anymore. That's what I heard that, but I don't know. Mm. They were it was people living there who right. I know. That's it. I mean that's convenient though, right? You get the home. You got um your built-in maid service coming to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> An ice machine got to make. Believe they had to wash their own sheets. Everybody had to wash their own sheets. Mm-mm, no, they came and watched them. I know, I'm just joking. I mean, I mean that's crazy that people live there, but I saw, I was working in that building next door to it when they were switching it over. And when I tell you they was bringing them mattresses out, mm. Mm, I don't know where they put them mattresses at. I burn. wouldn't even put them in the light. They, they would have had to. I wouldn't even want them to burn them, like put them in the sea or something, because I wouldn't even want them tombs in the air. Oh, I can't wait for this movie to come out. But yeah, I'll be at the Empanada Ladies uh, spot. It's called It's a Nada Party. But she has a whole other menu now. It's not just empanadas, but she has a lot. And on this Tuesday, they'll have uh, steamed crabs there. They'll be selling them. Um, along with a very extensive menu now. And it's Food is really good. Um, happy hour prices. Uh, oh, wow. That's cool. $300 though? No, not doing that. Um, but yeah, so come on, join me Tuesday, May 24th. I'm going to really need it because I'm gonna, I have to work that morning. So I'm going to be a little agitated, but. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to shower, and I'm going to come down there for happy hour, be nice and fresh, and I'm going to look good. I'm going to look nice that day. I'm going to wear something real nice. And you all just come by, have a drink with me um, as I turn 25 for the umpteenth time. <laughs> this is this. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I don't even look my age. Uh, so we'll be back uh, next Friday. We actually have a young man joining us, Mr. Elijah. He is a, uh, a music artist, a young music artist. I met him when he was really young. Now he's a grown man. He's an artist, and he will be talking. This is his first interview, so we'll be ushering him in, um, supporting him and his music and such, his artistry, as I like to do with all my young artists. Um, so come back Friday, uh, and that's payday, baby. Uh, so come on by, and well, just stop in. Peace out, people. Bye bye.